What's up, guys? Welcome to Fitter Food Radio, episode 127. And it's me, Matt, and of course, Keris, the one and only. Thank you. Just the one and only. Sing it. Insert. You got to sing that. You, you cannot want, say yeah. that line and not sing that line. What as in like you are the, the one, one and only. only. Yeah. Uh, Take uh, that uh, away from me. It's like I am. I should have responded to you and said, I am the one and Oh, is it I am the yeah. one and only? Oh Chesney. Saw him live. Who? Chesney Hawks. Is that who it is? How do you not know that? Because I'm not old. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I know the song, I don't know the person. I used to have a poster of him on my wall, went to see him live in Markeaton Park in Derby. Did you? Yeah. Was he Was he a bit of a heartthrob then? Yeah. Like in the... Blonde curtains. Blonde curtains. Oh, he's like slightly gingery. I wonder what he's doing now. I'm <laughs> going to ginger. I'm, I'm going to Google him. <laughs> well, that was a random start. It was. <laughs> it was. So what are we going to talk about today, Keris? Because you had this bright idea and you you wanted to tell me about it and I was like, let's just do it. Well, I wanted to talk about something that I see a lot and have experience of. And I'm conscious I'm becoming one of those people that's experienced everything now. It's like, oh, I've had that. I sound like me now. I had that. Yeah. <laughs> I was told about the time I had that. <laughs> but I think it's something that all of us suffer from a little bit. And that is symptom stress, mm-hmm. which is when you experience a negative health symptom, you can't help but can like, reflect on it and worry about it Mm -hmm. but the problem is now as we mentioned in the last podcast we were talking about the fact that you have access to the internet and you can ask people and one of the things i think is quite dangerous at the moment is there's now facebook groups not dangerous because they can be really supportive but facebook groups set up per health condition oh yeah yeah. which kind of but they can be amazing I, i have some clients who feedback this has been so amazing and supportive but my concern about them is that they start to guide each other along the lines of anything from food to supplements to medications to whether or not you should have a vaccination, antibiotics, all of those kind of things. When I think about the the amount of time and effort I put into each individual case, getting all the details that I need to get before I make suggestions about, I think you need to go and speak to a doctor about this. I think you need to get a specialist for this. And before I even consider a supplement or you know speak to a herbalist about whatever they might want to do as well, there's a lot of information that you have to gather before you ascertain whether that intervention is right for that person. So when someone says in a Facebook group, based on one symptom, you need this, I would just be really wary of that because yeah. usually it's not somebody who's trained in any kind of profession that's making that suggestion, but it worked for them, so it worked for you. Mm. And when it's a medication or it's a, you know, this is when it does get, a, you know, a very tricky, I suppose kind of, it's, it's, it's a tricky piece of information to have. What's really hard at the moment is because you have the internet where you can just pop into Google any symptom that you get, this creates a lot of stress and anxiety and it leads people down pathways away from the healing, healing process. If anything. Most people tend to believe the more dramatic. Yeah, definitely first. Yeah. yeah. It's like it could come up with like two responses like, oh, this just could be a, a slight allergic reaction to something to yeah. like uh probably cancer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <gasps> or, you know google throws that answer back to yeah. everything probably cancer probably cancer and so the, that um information immediately changes your immune system and so this is part of the problem because once you detect fear in in the brain the brain then starts to release a lot of chemicals that will start to increase things like inflammation you know, and, and inflammatory reactions and chemicals like histamine, which could make you worse, hmm. which is why people say when I'm stressed, my symptoms get worse, especially if it's an inflammatory type of condition, it will get worse. Yeah. But I think 
reading that kind of information or being in a group where there's this kind of energy generated about you're doing this, you shouldn't do that, you should have done that, you need to ditch this, you know, it gets very inflammatory. That mm. that kind of environment can become inflammatory. And I think people are taking risks by also, you know, buying things online. Like I know people that buy antibiotics online and it's, it's you know, at that point in time, you don't know that that is the right thing for you. Buying antibiotics online? Yeah, yeah. Those of cases of that. Because they hear on a podcast that this this antibiotic's good for this, or this might help with this. If you've got a parasite, this antibiotic's way more powerful than this. If you have a urinary tract infection, this is better. Then you can buy antibiotics. Combine three together and things like that. And yeah, and, and so it's all got a little bit kind of out of hand in that we talked in the last podcast about you've got to project manage your health. Absolutely, I do believe that. And I think and, and an amount of education is important because it's going to allow you to, I suppose sometimes we are fobbed off a little bit with a, you know, a diagnosis that we've talked about you know it could be oh you've got this irritable bowel syndrome when you know actually no because it, it changed from this point onwards mm. i had food poisoning and it's never been the same this is not just an irritated bowel and we know now that with ibs for example you can have an infection that then changes the kind of nervous system elements of the gut which means that you're then prone to diarrhea or you're then prone to constipation so you were right to identify that and Therefore, in terms of looking at solutions, we talked about, again, in the last podcast, that you kind of maybe need to bring together a bit of conventional medicine with a bit of nutritional therapy, with a bit of movement, with a bit of weight loss, if that's needed, and, you know, not eating too much and things like that, changing your diet, and that's all going to be helpful. But I think what can become a problem is is if you're if you've developed a situation of symptom stress, and maybe you've got more than one symptom. So a lot of the cases I see, it might be, you know, something as simple as like, energy levels are just not not as they should be and that's stressing you out but then you end up eating a lot of sugar and coffee to pick them up and that's stressing you out because you know your energy levels are not good but you're eating the wrong foods and you can't stop it because you're in a cycle of like fatigue and and needing that pick me up but I see it very commonly with anything from skin problems joint problems joint injuries me and you've both been there with that and having a shoulder injury rotator cuff injury turned me into a full full on nutter because I just I couldn't fasten my bra I couldn't train and I just got so stressed out by the whole thing didn't I and Mm. I was convinced it was more serious than you know kind of what a physio and a doctor both said and and I was getting you know kind of was wanting to do the rehab because I was like it's way more serious than the saying like pain like this it's radiating up my neck it's like you know and I had to go and see three different people and have them say the same thing to me, like, look at your posture, this is rotator cuff, you know, before I was finally like, okay, I'm just gonna do Matt's plan of like rowing and rehab and, and try and fix it. And I did, you know, and it's but for a long time I thought it was way more serious because the yeah. pain was like nothing I'd ever had before, and it was all uh, it kept going up into my neck. So I was like, it's not that, you know. But isn't it interesting that the pain stopped once you stopped wearing bras? <laughs> See, that was a solution. Because you couldn't do them up and undo them anymore, you stopped wearing them and Boom, just shoulder like, pain hang, disappeared. Yeah, you, you think it was a rehab? Yeah. <laughs> I think it had RSI. Fasten your bra. Tension from the bra. As bra if you were like doing it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you and I have both been there with like stress like that. You talked about, you know, things like your back and then also your gut. And then you can kind of go around the houses of, you know, thinking, oh God, is this something more serious? And it's really easy to jump to that conclusion. And I think wind back like 40, 50 years, we just didn't have access to the, this information to make us think this. Well, not even that long ago. No, no, no. So probably 30 or years before ago. before the internet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So kind of, it was a bit more straightforward, go to the doctor, get their opinion on it, their assessment. And then, you know, and now we have this better environment of more, a more integrated approach. 
it is hard though. It's like you say, it's like we have more information at our disposal than ever before, which is a great thing. Yeah. But at the same time, very overwhelming. Confusing. It can be, yeah, it can be very, you know, very overwhelming. Information overload. Yeah. Where do I start? Very destructive, I think. Well, I think the worst thing is when some, let's say someone's got their head around trying something they, for, you know, insert symptom or whatever here, yeah. and they're, they're going to give something a go. And I always think there's an element of, of excitement involved there because you're like, I haven't tried this before. So and so said it worked for them. I'm going to give this a go. Yeah. And then you do it. Like you, you've made that, you you know, you've, you've made your mind up, you're going to give it a go. Yeah. But then someone else comes along and goes, no, 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 don't do that. Yeah. doesn't work. This this is what you should do instead. I got great results doing it like this. And then you're like, oh, well, hang on. Like, but I thought this worked. Yeah, and now yeah. that person is saying it doesn't and that that works instead. And now I'm just a little bit confused. Yeah. You see this, by the way, on everything from like, look at an injury. Now, if you get an injury, that the traditional advice was rice, wasn't it? Rest, ice, compress, elevate, was it? See, compress, can't remember now. Yeah, rest, but, ice, yeah, com- compression, elevation. Yeah. And whereas now everyone's saying, actually... Well, know, even the person who in like kind of created that has... Backtracked. Backtracked a bit, hasn't he? And said, yeah, and like, actually, we need to get the joint moving, we need to break down scar tissue, we need to you know, mobilise it, you know, and help with kind of, you know, initially you need the inflammation there, so don't even cane anti-inflammatories yeah. unless it is, you know, pain is unbelievable, then you have to... Even the inflammation's there for a reason, right? Yeah, inflammation is part of that healing process, but it can get out of control. But then equally, you know, when you try to, I think one of the other problems that we have at the moment is is that we also try and force the healing process because we have access to the information. So we Google it really quickly, we find it out, and then we force it. And in doing so, like you said, it's almost like, first of all, we, we get symptom stress because we think maybe we go towards the more dramatic thing that it could be, the more scary thing. I don't know why... That is just a, mm-hmm. that is just our default mode. I see it time and time again, and that creates this kind of level of anxiety and and stress. So probably creating more problems, more inflammation, and then we rush to find a solution. And it's almost like the more extreme it is, the more we're in there. You know, yeah. whereas something as simple as like, okay, do you know what? What about breathing and sleeping? And and don't get me wrong, that sometimes it is something that needs you know a really significant severe intervention, more testing, that kind of stuff. But we just do miss the low-hanging fruit so much which is like actually you know look at your lifestyle look what you've been doing look what you've been um, trying to to put on your body for the last few months maybe this is just your body going ah do you know what i just need to calm down or maybe you've created a nutrient deficiency because you've been running your body at 100 miles an hour so the reason it's kind of it's multiple systems it's not because it's something spreading around your body mm. but because maybe every cell in your body needs something like magnesium and zinc and you've just been running it ragged and you're getting like what the body will do with a nutrient deficiency is start to almost like hone in the non-essentials. So it's like, well, reproduction, don't really need that, you know. Yeah, it's, you know, not, it's not important right now. Yeah, basically. And 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 so that's when you start to see a decline in function in, in some of the different systems. And I always think the hormones are cool for that in that they will feed back very quickly, uh-uh, you know, not, not yeah. right at the moment. So, and we're straight away, the, the problem is now, obviously, we also have that option of like, well, you could have this medication, you could take a hormone if your body's not making it. But we never then think, why isn't my body making it? And mm. and step back and go, okay, now, is there something that I've changed? Is there something that is different? Is there something that, you know, I could do first before that intervention mm. is needed? I suppose a couple of months ago, uh, ago or so now, I said to you, didn't I? Like, I, I, again, I can't remember if we mentioned it on here or not. I just went through this phase of just being really, really low on energy. Do you remember? 
and I was like, I was like, God, like I'm, I'm eating well, but I just, just seem to feel just really quite low on energy. And that you, was affecting. You actually got some really bad reactive hyperglycemia, which is like instant low blood sugar after eating, didn't you as well? Yeah. And I was like feeling nauseous. And, and you just, test your blood sugar and be like, like, I wanted to sleep. 3.5. Mm. You would look ill. You would eat and look ill. And uh, it was a real interesting one because I made some suggestions. I was like, what did you eat? I think, and you said, I only had an omelette. And I was like, put some lentils in the omelette. <laughs> like, try maybe like fiber or something. But then thinking about it, I was like, no, because it was too quick mm. after eating. And actually what you ended up doing was, was having some blood tests done and it kind of maybe suggested some some gut issues. And there was some things that we could do and we, we got the supplements ready, but actually you just start to focus on things like sleep and but that was the thing, like when I when I did, because I was a bit like, I'm, I'm, it's not like I just smashed a bowl of frosties, no, no. <laughs> you know, and, and I've had this massive like blood sugar increase and then a massive crash because, yeah, yeah. like you said, it was almost, almost it felt like it was almost immediate, didn't it? Yeah, after yeah, a meal. it was. Your eyes with water, and, and it would be yeah, because I like you know that eye watery feeling when you're so when you keep yawning because you just have this massive energy crash, and I was just like, God, I feel sick, and I just want to go to sleep. Yeah, but then I did just step back, and I was like, Well, I'm eating well. This doesn't make any sense. You know, what else is going on here? And there were two things that were just massively like staring me in the face. And that was like, I wasn't getting anywhere near as much sleep. And I was pretty stressed at the time. You know, our workload was very, very high. And if anything, they were the only two major differences in my my day to day. Because what was what- interesting was a couple of other clues, though, that we had when we ran your blood tests was your iron was a bit low for someone like you. Mm. Yeah, and which is weird because that was before when I've gone to give blood and stuff. It's been fine. It's been fine. But you do give blood a lot. So that was another thing. We were like, have you kind of made yourself mildly anemic? And that's another thing that was kind of a clue. Also, gut infections can, you know, cause anemias as well. So we kind of came to the conclusion that maybe you were getting so stressed and run down that you would made yourself vulnerable to an infection mm. like our suspicion was h pylori and interestingly i brought the stuff for h pylori for you but you never end up taking it you just i think you ended up just kind of sleeping and run, i don't know you just and it, it did go away and at some point we said a bit more and got my shit together basically <laughs> at some point we said we'll probably do a stool test on you just to check mm. didn't we that was yeah. the kind of outcome of it and you're like well not not before my holiday <laughs> i don't want to yeah. know don't want- <laughs> <laughs> don't want any news before the holiday. <laughs> I don't want H pylori on my holiday. He's not coming with me. <laughs> so, but but funny enough, I did have. You're talking about like fighting something off. I said to you on quite a few occasions, oh, didn't I? I, I said like sorry. I felt like I was. You know that feeling when you you, you feel like your body is fighting something yeah. it hasn't quite got you. Yeah, yeah. But you kind of can feel slight symptoms of maybe like a bit of a cold or head cold. Yeah, or like something like that. Working. Yeah, and I said to you on a few occasions, I was like, oh, God, I'm start- I feel like I'm fighting something off. And then I'd perk up and then it'd be like, oh, no, I feel like a bit oh, again. And then, so I knew something was going on because I didn't, well, I just didn't feel myself at all, quite simply. But for me, there was, like I said, there was some real, you know, th- there were some things I just, what's the saying? Oh, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know that if it, was it jumped up and slapped you in the face or bit something. Bit you in the face. Bit you yeah, in the yeah. face or bit yeah. you in the arse or whatever. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, these things were very much slapping me in the face. What's, what's interesting as well is <laughs> the, 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 the sicker you are, the more I worry as well. Yeah. So, And this is what other people out there experience. So I get panicky emails from people who say, 
my partner, my child, my parents, this is what they're doing. This is what they're experiencing. What would you suggest? What can I do? What can I do? Like you want to, to fix. And, it, and again, so it's not just symptom stress for you as an individual. And the more the symptom continues, the more you can't stop talking about it. It's like, you've just like, it's on your mind so much that you're the like. The thing is for me, it was like, it wasn't even a case of like talking about you know, it. It, it just like, happened you, every time you, you ate. But you so. could see it as yeah, well. Yeah. Like even you were like, hey, you were right. Yeah. And then every kind of time you get a spare moment, you you kind of can't help but hit Google and go like, is there anything I could be doing? Like, what could it be? And you really want a diagnosis. And some people contact me and they say, I'm so glad I've had a diagnosis of irritable bowel syndrome. And I'm like, it's not really a diagnosis. If I'm honest, I don't think that's a diagnosis. And I've just done an e-course on it because I think it, you know, it's a level of dysfunction in, within the gut. And it really helps to kind of hone in and know what, what it is, what, what's your trigger, what, what, what is the dysfunction possibly. So it can be like a stress-related problem where you're, you're literally not, you know, your kind of brain-to-gut connection isn't working like it should do because of things like stress, anxiety, and never going into rest and digest. So, you know, those are the kind of things that it can be. It's not that your bowel just gets irritated every now and then with like, it doesn't want to work properly, you know. And I think having had that diagnosis myself, that was, it left me in a kind of spin of, stress because I was constantly thinking about the food that I was eating all the time and how it was going to affect my gut and actually I think that the worry about that situation affected me more mm-hmm. and we've said this before like I, I would go out to eat and get so nervous if I was flaring that I would actually almost have an IBS attack before I'd even eaten or I'd have an IBS attack within seconds or minutes of eating which is not an IBS attack because no. the food hasn't even touched my bowels at that point yeah. in time <laughs> what's happening is my bowel is just locked down like my stomach's not you know, kind of working like it should do. And I think this is what can happen when you're experiencing a symptom that, you, you know, you're, you're trying to change some things and you're maybe getting more extreme with the changes. But then at the same time, your head starts to go to places it doesn't really want to go about. Maybe it's something really serious. The hard bit is you'll get to a point where you literally can't shut it out of your head. You know, yeah. it's like there all the time. And then it's difficult to know, is that then creating this cycle of your brain, creating more inflammation, yeah. inflammatory processes, you know, because of the, the worry. But it's like you say, isn't it? It's like stepping back and thinking, what could this be? Yeah. What has changed recently? What am I doing maybe a little bit different? You know, like I said, in my case, it was like prioritising my sleep had gone out the window and I wasn't on top of my my day-to-day stress levels. They were definitely the, the differences for me. But how long do you leave it before you, you kind of try to address these things, look at what it might be and try to change X, Y, and Z? before you go actually I should probably get some kind of like professional help here and look into this a little bit deeper and to to talk about something like you know not that sinister really but like when years ago when I had shoulder pain you mentioned because we were talking before I couldn't remember if that was before the podcast or (laughs) during and I had shoulder pain didn't I for it was about two and a half years in the end and I kept trying to work around it and I went and saw this person, that person for a bit of massage, a bit of release and thinking, oh, I'm sure it's just like, you know, a bit of information, maybe a little bit of a tear, blah, 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 blah. And I kept trying to work around it, work around it, work around it. And then it got to that point where I was like, I can't even wash my hair without my shoulder without killing pain. me. Yeah. And then I did then go through the, you know, I got an MRI scan, blah, blah, blah. And I ended up having like there was a there was a bone spur, there was a cyst in there. Yeah. My rotator cuff was like just about clinging on. Yeah. And the the, the surgeon even said, like, you know, the, the fact we've got there now before the rotator cuff went any further is amazing because then it would have been a whole different operation if that had gone completely 
whole different recovery process, duration, etc. And I thought there were, I, I risked that happening, but I kept trying to work around, work around, work around. Yeah. And, you know, could have potentially caused myself a lot of problems. Lot of problems. And what's funny is that in that situation, I would have been in the background going, have some ginger. <laughs> what do you need? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just chew on a turmeric root. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be just fine. <laughs> it grows the rotator cuff back. I don't know why I made you sound like an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. So, so this is a, in this podcast, what we're going to do is outline some steps we think you need to go through. And again, not to kind of keep blowing our own trumpet, this is what we've got a ton of resources on if you need this type of help. But I think you kind of need to, like you just said, have that moment of reflection. Is there any obvious cause in any obvious in- incident? So I've had cases from kind of like really increased like upper body work and getting a shoulder injury to, you know, it can just be kind of general kind of wear and tear with age. Same thing for a skin problem. It can be worse in the winter, better in the summer, those kind of things. So when we're talking about symptom stress, by the way, this this can be anything. It can be, as we said, a joint problem, a gut problem, a hormone problem. And it's important to do that element of reflection because there just may be something very simple that just needs addressing, first of all. So before you yeah. do rush through, because I think the process of having the symptoms assessed gets even more stressful. Both you and I have sat there with each other, with family and ourselves waiting for results that have been like, oh, this could be something pretty horrible to find out about and you know you you never want that moment you know you you recently had a hernia and you had to have that all checked out didn't you and Mm. you were like yeah it is a hernia but it could have been no it's the stray chickpea yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) just stuck in there working its way around (laughs) it's a piece of sweet corn undigested (laughs) but um yeah, and I think the, there's elements to which you have to just do that that reflection, think about it. And then also what's quite important at this point in time is, is stop the guilt that might kick in of like, oh, I shouldn't have done, you know, like that really heavy session. It's made it a lot worse, you know, if it's a, it's a joint injury or, you know, I shouldn't have done that hit workout. My gut's now in pieces, mm. like quit all that, It you know, but learn from it. Yeah, like definitely learn from it and go, done, hey, right, it? that was done. I probably shouldn't have done that. I pushed it maybe it's my personality type and then move on and think about right okay what are the the next steps and I think you do have the kind of outline we have um when I'm kind of working with a client in a a clinic setting you have like a timeline where you just map it all out and it can actually be that there was something happened a while ago that might be relevant to what's going on right now because as we've said all the systems are connected so if someone tells me they had anything from a a gut infection to um, a hormone problem and then it's now manifested into something else, I'll always be thinking this might be relevant. There might be some kind of mm. underlying thing here that's just not being identified, or it might just be a symptom of a really stressful lifestyle. And therefore, how many systems do we need to go down before we do something about this? Yeah. But it's really helpful to have that that timeline of events. I think the next bit is definitely do this tidy up of everything because it's not going to do you any harm. Mm. And that reflection on all the different aspects of health that we've talked about. So tidy up your nutrition. Don't go bonkers with it. Don't start thinking that food is causing it and food is going to solve it. Like I, I, I truly believe we, we overthink the food and undervalue everything else. Yeah. Look at your sleep. And if you need to start having things like emergency naps, getting support involved for problems with the sleep deprivation, if you're a shift worker and these symptoms are getting worse and worse, we know that shift work is quite detrimental to health. And 
you may need to, again, tidy up nutrition or you may need to even consider a new job, adapting shift work. I know that's a really difficult thing to say, but if it gets to a point of really like one thing after the other is happening, it it could be that that kind of element of your... Well, we always say, don't we, like that there's no such thing as a perfect scenario and you've just it's just about making the best of the situation that you're in because a career change isn't yes it's doable it's not impossible but yeah. it's not an easy thing it's not do. an easy thing to do you know especially if you know you've got kids and obviously you know generating an income is pretty important these days but it, you're not doomed and and I think that's the most important thing like whatever situation that you're in stop striving for perfection and instead go for what's the best I could do in this right situation now. Yeah. right now until things change or until things get better. Yeah. You and know. I think, and, and the more you overanalyze like one component, you know, of your symptom, like we've just said, the more I think you will probably end up completely missing out on actually what is the true situation that's going mm-hmm. on, what is the true cause. And I think it gets to a point where I think you do, and this is where the, your next step, I, I do think you notify a medical professional about it and just see what their take on it is and if it is something that you consider you think testing is going to give you an element of kind of relief Mm -hmm. then you know look for that push for that and if you can't get it through conventional you know through the health service then maybe pay to have it done privately yeah and but equally i think you need a a couple of opinions on whether that's right first of, of people who have a lot of experience of whatever system it is in your body that you're working with so Again, when you and I have had joint injuries and, uh, you know, even when I was looking at having surgery on my bunions, I went and spoke to several different, not just surgeons about the process. Like I said, obviously, I went through the kind of process of, you know, going to see my doctor who referred me to a surgeon who told me what the process would be. And the only reason I considered at this point in time was it got really, my, my, my bunion got really inflamed. So it tripled in size. I couldn't even put shoes on. I said to you, maybe it's time to get them done as much as I've, I've not wanted to get them done. Well, it had it, officially become an, an onion. <laughs> <laughs> a red onion. It even had like the lines on it and everything. <laughs> oh, God, it's awful, wasn't it? Um, well, I, I feel your bunions are part of you, though. Yeah, and I love you. Yeah, it's probably a good so. job. <laughs> Actually, when I went to see people, some osteopaths, and some kind of what I would put like just movement specialists that I know really well. They they said, you've had this since you were 16 and your body works really well with it. And actually your foot function is really good. Mm. Like they assessed my foot and they're like, you work around it really well. And, you know, I remember one, uh, he's a good kind of friend. He's just lots of kettlebells with us. And he's, he was like, other than being a little bit unsightly, like really, is it that much of a problem? And when you consider this will change your entire <laughs> biodyna- biodynamics. It's not biodynamics, is it? It's a calling the word. Biomechanics, biodynamics, yeah. farming, biomechanics. I was uh, thinking that. I was thinking, it kind of sounds right. But, yeah. <laughs> but he said, you know, this will change your, your biomechanics. And I don't think you should go there unless you absolutely have to. And so I think I ended up taking um, anti-inflammatories and it all resolved itself. And I was like, do you know what? I, and I actually dropped out of the surgery. And I was like, I think they're right. Because right now I can run, I can walk, I can lift. You know, like, I don't... <laughs> I can hang from a tree. <laughs> By my feet. I can, I can block the plug hole with my toe. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I can put off people if I need to. Oh, Banner. <laughs> so first of all, in terms of outlining the steps, we've said tidy things up, maybe have a look at the timeline of events and then get some professional opinions. But what I've also said here 
I've got a little list of things I wanted to mention. <laughs> I love that. What I've also said here yeah. in my, my try, notes. Try and stay on track. Is um is think about a specialist in that area. Because Alessandro, who we had on podcast one oh nine How do you always how do you remember the podcast? One oh nine. You just remember 109 and you've yeah, just not forgot it. I think because I, uh, I wrote the email for it. He talked about the fact that he gets people come to him for things like surgery on a shoulder, when, whereas he can tell that the position of the shoulder's not right. Mm. So it's no wonder that they experience pain and worse if they lift or if they push. And and he'll get them doing hangs and, you know, kind of rows, just like you do as well. You do the same thing with your clients when you're like, this is a postural problem. And surgery might help clear the joint out, but it's probably going to come back. And therefore you've got to look at, it's almost like corrective exercises, but also preventative for further mm. interventions. And you give that a certain amount of time. And what he said is, I, you know, people have ended up not needing the surgery because I've gone in there. But equally, I know some people who have pushed and pushed and pushed knee rehab and what they've actually needed is surgery, you know. So it, it does get to that point. But I do also think you can almost over rehab something, you know, to the point where you're so focused on rehab that you end up like developing some kind of RSI yeah, yeah. <laughs> through doing that particular thing yeah. over and over again. But this is where we've just said you kind of give it a period of time. And I think what you've got to do in that period of time is feel confident that what you're doing is safe. And again, ditch any frigging guilt about what you've done in the past because what's important is you're, you're now looking forward and you're going to change mm-hmm. it. Um, but the reflection on the past is going to help think, well, I won't do that again and I probably shouldn't do that again. Once you start to put that process in place, your entire kind of emotional health around the symptom will start to change. And then what's really important is ideally stop thinking about it if you can. Obviously, it's a, if it's a symptom like pain, it's going to trigger and then mm. that's going to send you off on that. But don't keep hitting up Google and thinking something else, something else. I need to change it, you know, yeah. something else. And if it, it does become to a point where it's taken over your life, then you do just genuinely need to go and push for something and say, right, I you know, speak to someone who's going to help you. And that could be from a point of view of, it might be that you go and see a nutritionist or trainer first and go like, this is, I need your opinion on a specialist. Like who do you do? You know, because lots of people I know in our industry will work with endocrinologists or gastroenterologists or have some kind of private recommendation. And I think it's, at some point you might need to go and say, like, it's really affected my, my quality of life. I'm so worried about it that I need I need to get that reassurance now. And then someone can point you in the, in the direction. Mm. And sometimes what I find my role is with a client is I'm just project managing that situation. Yeah. So I will do that process of, okay, I'm going to tidy up your nutrition. I'm going to make sure you don't have a nutrient deficiency. I want to run some blood tests on you. I want to check the basics are okay. There's nothing that blood tests are brilliant for giving us an insight into you know inflammation, nutrient deficiencies, those kind of things. Make sure that's okay. Sometimes that gives you a clue as to what the next next step needs to be. Sometimes it's all looking okay. In that case, it's kind of, has anyone done an ultrasound? Has anyone done, you know, it could be hormonal problems. Has someone checked your ovaries? Has someone checked, this is okay, that's okay. And almost kind of like help them eliminate different diagnosis. Um, but in the background, I'm also saying, right, yoga, breathing, you know, relaxation, stop looking at this because it's just making your anxiety around this situation mm. worse tell people around you so you've got a bit of support I think that's really important so that you've got a network of people just to reassure you you know if it is something we're all here we're going to get through it together because you forget that because you're in such a spin of like ah you know so I think that is really really helpful but as we've kind of said always think about whether there is just something that you're doing now and I think once you start to take confidence in that process in fact once you feel looked after you feel better Mm. we know that don't we 
Yeah. Like, it's so nice sometimes going home when you're ill and going like, mum, <laughs> like, take care of yeah. me. And the, both our mums are hilarious because they instantly suggest toast, don't they? Do you want some toast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> toast and a cup of tea. Yeah. I'll sort you out. Proper tea with milk. Builder's brew. But even that can just make such a big difference to you. And that's also helping your immune system. Your immune system likes to be reassured mm-hmm. that you have you know, like connection with another human being yeah, and it yeah. lowers inflammation in the body. So actually talking to people, if you are a bit wound up about something, stressed about a symptom, go and speak to, you know, loved ones, family and say, I'm really nervous about this. And it might be that they like nudge you and give you the the kind of push you need to just start this process of like, okay, let's, let's kind of address it. Let's fix it. Let's stop panicking about it. And let's go and do something about it. And mm. I think that that's really important. You sometimes get advice from a, a different perspective, can't you, as well? Sometimes if you speak to someone else and go, oh, you know, I've got this going on and this, that and the other, sometimes hearing from somebody else going, get yourself to the doctors and get that checked out. You know, stop stop this guessing game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, go and get some answers. And yeah. it's almost like just always makes more sense when it comes from someone else. And they're like, do you know what, they're right. I was thinking it, but I didn't want to make a fuss. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you see both types of people, don't yeah, you? Some of you are at the doctors every day, and then some of you are like, oh, it'll pass over, it's nothing. And yeah. you're like, oh, but then they're worried about it. And it takes that nudge of someone else to get them there. Yeah, you know? so, you know, it's always good to kind of like talk about these things. And Cases I've seen, for example, I've had cases where people have been and thought it wasn't much, and they felt a bit guilty being there, and it actually turned out to be something quite big, like pneumonia. You know, I mean, they're like, just just feeling a bit rough and chesty, like it was pneumonia. Yeah, that needs to be addressed, but you yeah. know, sorted. And then I've had cases where people have been like, "This is something really, really bad," and it's it's a pile. You know, so it's like mm. as in the blood and things like that in the stool was just a pile. But so it can be, but you know, both kind of sometimes in both those situations, what I'd say is like. Finally, it was actually getting to a doctor and getting seen to that that really gave them the peace of mind and gave them what they needed to hear, yeah. which is why I think, again, we need to kind of do both. If you've done that change and there's something really obvious, but if it, again, even things like a mole changing, if you keep looking at it and it's really worrying you, go and get it checked out, you know, mm. and um, I went about one in the summer and the, they just, it was not even a mole. It, it looks like it's just a weird skin. It looks like a wart that's grown. And she just took a photo of it, sent it to a dermatologist and they came back and said, not bothered, but tell her to keep an eye on it. If it changes again, yeah. then we'll see her. But even that, you know, you've just, you've just done it, you know, and you've ticked it off yeah. the list. Whereas I see people who say, I haven't been like women who've not been for a smear test for like six years. And they're like, I've been so busy. I'm really wound up about it. I could have anything, I could have cancer. And it's like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God, go and get the smear test on it. Just, this is crazy that we're in this situation of, you know, like just not doing some of the basic things test-wise as well and health-wise. And whether you, you know, some people don't believe in these kind of things anymore as in these kind of tests, but well, I, always say, I like, personally do. You know? for the, well, for these kind of things, I'm just a bit like, do these things whilst it's a choice. Yeah. You know, before yeah, yeah. it's like that choice point. is taken away from you. Yeah. It's like, I, I now, I have to do these different things i have to take that medication or i have to have these check you know what i mean yeah i don't know it's a tough one because you like i say you you don't want to kind of just constantly thinking something's wrong no do you know what no, i mean no. but wouldn't it be nice to kind of like go tick it off yeah it takes a bit of time and you might have to book half that work or whatever it might be yeah but to be able to go yeah everything's fine yeah you know like you know all's good and you can just kind of crack on and also what I would say about the healthcare that we've had from our GP, we've mentioned him, he's pretty progressive anyway. But because we are healthy, 
And because we've talked to him, we're like, okay, our diet's good. We move, we exercise, we sleep. We know that stress is, is a bit of a problem for us. But when we get dysfunction, he's super quick because he's like, no, no, you, you're really healthy people. Like, I know this is not because you smoke, because you drink, because you're overweight, because, you know, I know this is not related to a nutrient deficiency. Like, he, it's, he's much quicker with us. And it's really, it's a really interesting process. And he doesn't suggest anything like, oh, this might be a lactose intolerance and things like that, because we're aware of those things. And yeah. we're like, so even before, if I've had some issues, I might go back and go, I haven't touched gluten and dairy for a week and I still don't feel like it's right. Um, you know, so could you help me with this? And, and it's very quick, the whole process. And then obviously there's an element to which you can also add in private testing, which I do with my parents. So I'll get them to have a certain amount done, you know, via their GP that makes sense their GP to do. Mm. And then on the sidelines, I'll do various things that have helped us in the past identify anything from inflammation to immune stimulation. We do the two together and, and they invest in that because they've, it's, it's been, you know, it's actually worked for them in terms of being able to identify things faster. But before I do that, I am, a, I often say to them, you know, things are slipping a little bit, you know, mm. as in, you, you know, you're eating kind of in a way that you know again they, they've they've been renovating a house and it's been a lot of you know bags of crisps at night and things like that and and then they, what was interesting I think we mentioned this on a previous podcast they were, they were listening to a, another podcast about time restricted feeding and not eating too late at night and I was just like seriously I'm going to face palm in a minute like how many times have I told you know like as one of the best things that they could probably do at their age is shorten their eating window i mean if, if no one's got that message from me and you by now <laughs> but they had to hear it on another podcast and they're like oh we shouldn't be eating late at night should we but it's like i say sometimes you <laughs> need to hear it from somebody, somebody else. else yeah and i was like and not chris either <laughs> like yeah. probably not chris <laughs> so but then again you know it's, it's you know anyway they have like weeks where they just want to kick back and be like that's what they want to do and they want to relax and i also have to appreciate that and you know but you are a natural born warrior and fixer. Yeah, warrior and fixer, which doesn't help me. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so hopefully this is helpful. I think what we wanted to say was just to summarize if you're suffering from symptom stress, first and foremost, stop Googling and, and mm. trying to find out what it is via the internet. Probably same thing for Facebook groups. I think sometimes it might be working for you great, but what I would say is don't take advice on medications, on supplements and very drastic diet changes because we are just so unique in terms of what's going to work. And I think you need to have someone project managing and guiding you through that process who's got a ton of experience working with people. Uh, Next up, as we said, reflect. Is there a kind of significant event or change that might be relevant that you need to kind of think about whether it was a cause? This just might be helpful to speak to the medical professional, the nutritionist, whoever you work with. But I think that's really, for me, that's one of the biggest ones because I think mainly because, A, it, it provides an element of control and awareness yeah. because you're stepping back and going, right, Why th- this isn't how I normally feel. Why could I be feeling this way? And then, like you say, being able to actually even go old school, pen and paper. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah. And write it down. And you're like, right, there are a few things here that I've definitely been either neglecting or not making as much of an effort with or have kind of like let just fall by the wayside for whatever reason because you're busy or you're stressed or whatever it may be. There's something quite empowering about that because you've identified those things yourself. Yeah. And and it gives you that like, right, ah, cool. I've got a bit of clarity now. What can I now do about each of those things? Yeah. Before I start worrying about anything else, let's deal with those yeah. and, then and see, see how I get on, see yeah. how I feel and see if things improve. If not, 
okay, plan B. Yeah. But equally, I'd say if you haven't changed anything and a symptom has arisen, don't push down the route of being healthier and healthier and healthier. What's really powerful is to go and speak to a professional and say, I haven't changed anything and this is happening now and I can't I can't link it. And it might be that they actually go bigger and go, no, 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 like you do seem like you're quite a stressed person. You just, you, you just adapted to your own stress and you can't even see it now. Mm. Like it's your default mode. And so it might be just having that outside, that outsider looking in on you as you're like, blah, blah, blah. you know, you're, you're kind of convincing yourself you're okay and you're not. So that can be something to consider. It's just really powerful, as you said, to do the reflection, to also say, no, I haven't changed anything and this has happened. And if you have had that tidy up, there's a good chance that you'll be moved quicker through a series of tests that can help eliminate anything else. Mm. So, uh, you know, I've often gone with my parents and said, you know, I think they, I think they need an endoscopy, you know, reflux and things like that. You've got to have an endoscopy and just check it's not anything like hernias and stuff like that. Can we write that off? And then I know I can do a test for H. pylori or something. And that's a really quick way of getting to the bottom of what is this problem and, and what might be causing it? Because I know that they're going to be told to take omeprazole, which is acid blocking drugs or something like that. So it's helpful to go with them and go, right, doesn't drink alcohol, eats a really good diet, doesn't smoke, isn't overweight. So come on, what, what, what what's next? You know, mm. and I feel really lucky. I'm in that position in a way that I yeah, can actually yeah. have a discussion with the person that's helping me and say, you know, I've ticked this off. I've done that. I've done that. None of it's worked. And I don't want symptom suppression. Like the number of times I've said, don't give me painkillers. Like I just, not because I don't believe in painkillers, but because, you know, I can walk all over my body enough as it is. I kind of need, I need the feedback that it, yeah, it's yeah. it's not working. And, and that's going to be really helpful for me in terms of next steps. Then you've also got to be thinking about if you've got, you know, if it's a gastro issue, you want to be talking to a gastroenterologist and maybe, you know, a nutritional therapist at the same time. I think both together can be helpful. Gastro is going to get cameras in there, just write off anything. But then the nutritional therapist will be like, this is probably going to be the safest diet for you. These supplements are going to help, you know, support gut function, Mm -hmm. guide you on probiotics, those types of things. You're not going to get that from a, weirdly, from a gastroenterologist and you're not going to get that from a GP. They're not going to, they might mention probiotics, but they're not going to guide you through which ones might be helpful, which ones might make you worse. In this entire process, We've said, you know, it's got to be integrated, whatever you're doing. And it's got also, you have to have the confidence that you're just moving forward with it. So despite the symptoms, you know, making you feel a little bit anxious about things, as long as you're doing something about it, that's going to make quite a big difference. And you just can't go back to guilt if you smoked for 50 years or whatever. Like you you just have to kind of move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And what's another great thing about, you know, when we've worked with loads of people is we've seen people who live to their 90s who you know, really shouldn't in terms of what they've done with their bodies and their lifestyle yeah, 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 and not yeah, eating a vegetable yeah. and not drinking. You know, I'll never, ever forget. You know, my granddad died at 93, never saw him drink water, smoked, drank every day, you know. But, you know, there were some things that, you know, he did, he loved home-cooked food, big family man, those kind of things, loved golf all his life. And for me, it declined when he injured his back and lost the movement component of his lifestyle. Mm. Then it was painkillers and it was surgery and then it was just downhill, you know, from there and then Alzheimer's. So I think there's just, you know, we we never really know what the outcome is going to be. And you just have to kind of empower yourself by by doing something about it. That's the most important thing. And that's it. I think you just got, you got to focus on the here and now and, and what's in front of you and, not always easy to do because no. you are, you know, there is always that, like you say, you look back and oh God, you know, it's because I did X, Y, and Z. That's why I'm in this pickle. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, but you literally cannot do anything about what Any you've already done. Yeah. You can change what you're going to do next. And you need to take a lot from that, I think, because it's, 
I don't know, just really focus your energy on your next meal, your next exercise session, your next, uh, you know, night of sleep. Yeah. You know, are you going to get to bed a bit earlier or are you going to watch another episode of, I don't know, Game of Thrones, whatever it might <laughs> be? Like, because it's these little daily decisions that have a massive impact. You know, you're not going to change your health, your life overnight. And that's the other difference is these things take time. Don't eat well for a day and then kick up a fuss because your symptoms have gone away. You know, give it a little bit longer, put the effort in, try and be as consistent as you possibly can and then assess and be like, right, I've done this for a few weeks now and I'm not actually feeling any different. Then you might be like, you know, is there anything else I could be doing a little bit better? But like Kerry said, if it does get to that point where it's like, oh, I think there could be something else going on here. Because I know for us... I think we're pretty healthy generally and because we are in this industry and we've we've got a good chunk of experience here we're very aware of ourselves like you mentioned earlier so we almost it's almost like we're more aware when something's not quite right yeah just see what yeah, I mean yeah. so that works in our favor as well because yeah. I know when I before I met Keris before before she put me right um led me down the right path I think there was a lot of things that I perceived as normal, and I've mentioned this in the past, that that weren't. You know, for me to have a, a an energy slump in the afternoon, you know, I thought, oh, it's normal. Everyone gets an energy slump in the afternoon. You know, I, I work hard. I should just and, say, well, everyone does get an energy slump a little bit, but yours were excessive. Like, you could oh, sleep. Yeah. I'd, I'd be like, I could absolutely KO right now. <laughs> but it was every day as well. Yeah, yeah. It was like every day. It was almost like clockwork, like bang, energy slump. I had like tremendous wind, <laughs> you know, very loud, very frequent. But again, I was like, ah, everyone farts, everyone farts after a meal. Eh? Yeah. And it's like, well, actually, no, maybe a little bit, but not certainly not as much as you. <laughs> so, and same with bloating. It was like, oh, well, of course I feel bloated. I've just eaten. And all of these things, because they were regular occurrences, I perceived them as normal. Yeah. When in fact, actually now I really feel bloated I don't have as much wind <laughs> and I, you know, my energy level, energy levels are generally pretty high and consistent throughout the whole of the day. Yeah. Every now and again, like I say, like I have some days I want to do absolutely naff all because I'm just knackered and yeah. I do have my energy slumps and they happen, but they don't happen often. So, whereas if they did, I'd be like, hang on about, hang on a minute. Do, something, some change. something's not right. So yeah. My last point on the symptom stress as well is if it is something like um, we're very quick to think, we'll have a skin problem, I'll put some cream on it. I've got a hormone problem. Often a a GP might suggest, you know, the contraceptive pill or something. And and then the natural version is I'll take this, it used to be DIM, which we can't give anymore. DIM is like a a compound in in like broccoli and cauliflower that helps kind of with estrogen balance in the body. And there can still be that kind of, it's called being a green doctor where you go for just the, the supplement element, do you know what I mean, to fix the symptom. And even that I don't think is right if you haven't had someone of a professional, be it, you know, nutritional therapy or a doctor kind of assess you and go, okay, is this the right kind of thing, you know, that, that you should be doing right now? Because it might help with the symptom, but it, ne- it didn't address the root yeah. cause. You know? Well, I was going to say, how many times have we, we've had someone message us and say, I need to lose weight and I need to balance my my hormones. And then we go back and say, well... The former will do the latter. Yeah, but often we'll <laughs> say, but what what kind of... Uh, what tests have you run to know that there is a, a hormonal issue that needs to be addressed? Oh, no, no, I haven't. I've just 
you know, read X, Y, and Z, and this makes perfect sense because I read here that this affects estrogen or whatever it may be. And it's like, oh, so actually you may well not have a hormone problem at all, but you've, because of the information that you've read out there on the internet, in a magazine, whatever, you've decided you've got a a, a hormonal issue. The hormones are generally a reflection to me of another system. And I think one of the problems is, women and men we love talking about our hormones because they they can go a bit faulty very quickly mm-hmm. and then we're instantly there's something symptom stress online google what can i do what can i do just you're looking at them in isolation if you think you've got an an imbalance between the hormones because the imbalance occurs usually because of something greater so this can be mental health related it can be you know sleep deprivation related it can be blood sugar balance related it can be you know so many different things. Gut, the, the, the gut affects especially in women the, the gut affects their menstrual cycle so much so it's not actually related to the the hormones and so for a long time I keep saying like we almost need to stop talking about the hormones and just look at the big the bigger picture mm. you know that it, it's a bit weird talking about the, the nervous system but what how is the brain talking the brain talks to the ovaries the brain talks to the adrenals the, you know all these different hormonal system i'm telling you mindset is everything it is it is a big part of it and and what one and second frustration i do have is in within the industry i'm in at the moment is people going very heavy sometimes with testing you know urine tests Mm. on hormones and saliva tests and all this kind of stuff and and i just take one look at somebody's lifestyle questionnaire and straight away i just think we need a good couple of months of reversing some key things on here before I even need to do a urine test. It doesn't, it's not going to change anything yeah. I recommend. But equally, there's a reason that you're doing these lifestyle habits that keep knocking your hormones out of whack. Like those, you know, so sometimes it is, there's some great studies on, you know, I've talked about the past I've suffered from hypothalamic amenorrhea and I've had some great results doing herbal medicine, but it's not consistent. The cycle won't come back consistently. It keeps coming mm-hmm. back and then disappearing, then come back and then disappearing and then come back. And one of the reasons is... <laughs> It's almost like when I get it back, it's like I can almost go up a gear because it literally mm. does make me feel better and lose more energy. Yeah. And one of the studies I was reading when I was developing a, a menstrual cycle e-course was on with amenorrhea when your cycle disappears is there's a great controlled trial of where they just had counseling for six weeks mm. and all their cycles came back. And, and it was a small trial, a small group of women, but I can totally see how that works. Because from my perspective, even I get a bit frustrated with myself. I'm like, why do I like fix myself and then screw myself? You know, as in like, yeah. from a, I just get more energy and I just use more energy. Like it's, I take on more stuff. I take on more work. I'm more active. It's, you know, and then I've said like, everyone says eat more and you'll get your cycle back. Eat more and I just do more. <laughs> like it's just like. Yeah. But it's, uh, it, it, I, I've got, I, I totally relate. It's like me with my back. Like if I have a day when my back feels like really good, yeah, I'm, I'm like, just amazing. Train. I'm just going to train like an absolute <laughs> lunatic. This is brilliant. The next day I'm like, oh no, yeah. what have I done? Why did I do that? But I think it's like, you do have to separate what you love and what your body needs and really make you are a team and it'd be a bit like me just constantly going you know in Portugal Matt, I want to do this 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 and like not giving you a say like I'd never do that but I do it with my own body mm. I'm a bit like I want to do this I want to do this I want to do this and yeah I'll make sure you've got some nutrients and I'll feed you well and I'll move you and sleep and that's enough but I never really think about your body needs more than that it needs time out it needs rest it mm. doesn't need it doesn't want you to keep going up a gear all the time and just like with your body it's like you know maybe just being strong is enough right now but i do think it's it's, it's hard and it's getting a bit more i don't know the, the the message is getting across more and more now but i just think it's 
doing less still isn't sexy. Is it? <laughs> you know, getting people to exercise less or do more restorative work rather than hammering yourself when yeah, you do yeah. invest time into going to the gym. It's almost like I need to make this worth my while. I've got to absolutely annihilate myself. I'm not coming to the gym just to to take it easy and do some mobility and stretching. And I, I can totally buy into that because I'm the same to a, to a degree. Yeah. I'm much, much better now based on my experience and, you know, learning from my past mistakes. Yeah. But it's really hard to get that across to someone because most people, when they come to you, they're not coming to you to do less. They're coming to you in their head to do more. Yeah. But but don't know, in some cases people do need to move their ass more and yeah, they yeah, need yeah, to yeah. to to do things like that. But there are many cases now where we're actually rein it in a little bit. Your focus is all wrong. Yeah, you're prioritizing training and excess over other things, and it, we need to flip that. Yeah, you need to focus less on the training and more so on getting yourself to bed earlier and investing some of that time that would have gone to the gym into preparing some more nutri- nutrient-dense meals, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it's... It can feel this hard. And the reason I can empathise anyone who doesn't like exercise, doesn't want to change their diet, doesn't, you know, finds it a struggle and finds sustainability hard is I feel the same... Like your mum. Yeah. But I feel the same about not doing those things. It's not one of those school ground disses, when your mum. It's your mum, yeah. that is. I trained my mum yesterday and it's so funny because me and Matt were laughing and she just... Oh, that was hilarious. Hated, Can I just say, right? Hated, hated every minute so, of it. Yesterday was at the point of this recording was Keris's birthday. Keris went to go on a bike ride and she agreed to train her mum when she got back, which Keris enjoys doing. And Keris was, oh, yeah, 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 definitely we'll do that. And I was kind of like training myself with the kettlebells and I was kind of like eavesdropping. And it was so funny how Keris would do like a little sequence with, with her mum, which is like a bit of yoga, a bit of kettlebells. But every time the sequence finished, like her mum thanked her in a way as if to say like... That'll do. That's the end of that. Oh, well, she was like, oh, well, thank you very much, sweetheart. Enjoyed that. And then Keris would be like, right, we're going to do something else. Well, <laughs> and then again, at the end of that, oh, well, oh, well thank you very much. Like, okay, we're just going to do another thing. It's like your poor mum. She did it though. Yeah. She did do it. The way that I do emphasise is, is I would I struggle with the opposite. You know, I struggle to sit yeah. still. I struggle to empty my head. When I'm, like, I have occasions where me and you, I can really relax. And then I have occasions where I'm like, I, I can't. I really am struggling to relax. And if I have things that I'm anxious about, which, again, can be anything from friends and family that I'm worried about or, you know, I'm yeah. a warrior. I've talked about that before. Or my work or my work's busy or our business. And then I can't, I can't sit and be with my thoughts, which is where... You know, at some point, I think I'm probably going to end up having to find something that works for me from that perspective. Yeah. And it, whether it be that I get you know, more into yoga, more into meditation, maybe even hypnotherapy, something to stop that, which I, I don't, you know, feel guilty about. I just know that's me. And that's that's kind of where my head ends up. Well, as soon as I sit still, it's I literally like, go like Brexit, cancer, who's going to die? I don't know. <laughs> it's just really bad. Everything. I'm laughing now, but like literally sometimes my head just goes to really scary places i'm like why do i think about the worst things and sometimes when things are really good in life i literally go it's going to go wrong in a minute yeah and where the heck the heck that comes from i don't know it's well, almost like this can't be right life experiences things are going well yeah, yeah. it's like how dare it and I, I remember saying that to a friend saying i've got some friends who are really chilled out positive people and i said you know when things are going really well do you think that they might go wrong at any minute and does your head go there and they were like no <laughs> and i thought i'm just a bit of a weirdo like that you are you're, you don't do that either, do you? You're like so in the moment when things are good. You're like, I love it. I love it. it. Whereas oh, I'm like, let this carry on. We need to be prepared for it to go wrong. 
But again, it's like we mentioned in the last episode, personality yeah, types, yeah. working with the individual, and we are all very unique yeah. in that sense. And on that so, note, symptom stress. <laughs> so, guys, again, hope you enjoyed it. Any questions, we're always here to help. So do get in touch, info at fitfood.com or social media, Instagram, Facebook. Don't tweet us. We don't use it. Maybe one day we'll get on it, get more savvy. We're still trying to get our head around Facebook and Instagram, to be fair. But yeah, hope you enjoyed it, guys. And we will see you in episode 128. Almost said 58, then. It's 128, 128, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. Bye. See ya.